0: I'm Comedian Timmy Boyle and this is the greatest live Instagram comedy experience that nobody knew about. March of 2020, I just arrived home from tour when COVID-19 shut down the world. So despite being severely technically challenged, I started a daily live Instagram show right here from my living room. Because how hard could it be? And how long could a pandemic last? Apparently longer than five months. So now, a hundred episodes later, I've called comedians as diverse in experience as they are in style from all around the world to discuss comedy, life, and well, whatever. I had no goals, which was a great idea. I avoided tech checks, which was a bad idea. And I eventually wore no pants. The jury's still out on that one. And my OJ, over 150 days, transformed from refreshing drink to rancid mystery liquid right before our eyes. It was a random, free-flowing, hilariously messy ride into the minds and backstage lives of entertainers where anything could happen, and did, including a trip to a goat farm. Overcoming a lack of direction, resources, and tech ineptness, as well as multiple zombie cyber attacks, a project not expected to last even a week soon developed into a must-watch show like no other. But don't take my word for it, see for yourself right here on another episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Is that it? Did we get it all? Awesome. Hey everyone, welcome to my living room. Uh, I'm enjoying a... uh, uh, it's actually a peanut butter and blueberry smoothie and I thought I would uh, I'd kind of have this here, but uh, Thanks for showing up Um those viewers starting to come in looks like uh, Robert Beckham is here now uh, Swimmer Davey is in we've got some people in here. Thank you so much to episode three of Calling comedians in quarantine. There's three C's in that. It's pretty brilliant anyways thank you for tuning in tonight um last night we had a great time with uh, john hollingsworth from the fidgets an improv group here in canada as well as the night before we had joey ilo on the show and tonight oh mary jane baker's here we got uh oh chris wineland is already in chris chris wineland is our guest tonight um host of the monologue show which we're going to talk about in a little bit but uh i'm excited about this you know what it's been a long time now. It feels like it feels like months that we've been in the house, but I've realized that my life hasn't really changed much. When I'm not touring, this is what I do. I sit around in my joggers and my hoodie, and I do a little work on the computer, create a little content, and uh, drink smoothies. So, so far my life hasn't changed other than the fact that a weekend is about to come, and obviously I won't be having any gigs, but this show, Hopefully we'll fill that gap in my own um, heart and mind, and hopefully we'll provide a little bit of laughter for those that, uh, that are seeking a, an escape from, uh, from their homes. You can't really maybe walk outside, but you can come on and check this out. So this is day three, the third episode of the show of uh, Calling Comedians in Quarantine, and uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy what is about to happen. Crash Cody is there. Oh, Cody had a crash. That's an interesting name. Uh, So anyways, uh, we're going to uh, get right into this thing. I'm going to bring in um, our guest for tonight, Chris Wineland, comedy, who has, uh, wow, he jumped the gun there, already sent a request to be in the live video. It's supposed to be me calling comedians in quarantine, but I guess technically, because I'm also in quarantine, he could call me, and he's a comedian, so it still works out. Either way, the premise of the show hasn't been destroyed. So let's bring in... um, Chris Wineland here, let's uh, let's see, we click this thing, I believe, and we're going to go, Chris Klein wants to be in your life, let's bring him in here, let's see, did that work? Waiting, waiting, Chris Wineland, you asked to be, and there he is, Hey, Chris Wineland, how are you, man?
1: Dude, I'm good, man, how are you? What is in your smoothie?
0: Wait, you, you missed the opening? What, you always I, skip, you skip I, the monologues? Yeah. (laughs) How ironic.
1: I heard you say it was a smoothie.
0: It is a smoothie. Um, And usually I use a banana base, because that's what what thickens it up. But I've been stuck. Oh, I want to talk to you about your drink in a minute. Look at that. That's nice. Um, But I completely ran out of bananas. I'm hoping that the store in town has them, because we have been eating or drinking smoothies at a frightening rate around here. Uh. So now this is literally just peanut butter, like three giant scoops of peanut butter. And like half a bag of blueberries. Okay, so. well then
1: that's not a smoothie, sir. That's just a really strange <laughs> snack that you're eating. That's, a smoothie is what's a lot more than just peanut butter and whatever you could find in your fridge.
0: What's that's the not, definition What's the definition of a smoothie,
1: my friend? I don't know. Something green in it. There's got <laughs> <laughs> to there's got, be there's something green. Well, I, I don't really know too much about smoothies, but that's... That's my theory.
0: Okay. Well, what if,
1: you need kale, Tim.
0: What if I said, what if I said that the blueberries have been sitting around for a while and had a green tint?
1: All right. That, that's, uh, that's, that's probably okay.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so this is, uh, this, is, this is our third episode. So you're our third guest ever on what is probably right. going to be I'm running this show every day till quarantine ends. So it's probably going to be about a 10 year run. So yeah. I'm looking forward to what's about to happen. And you can always now say that you were the third guest. Ooh. So, man, it's, uh, oh, well, yeah, we got – uh, oh, I don't even know how to keep up with people here. I'm trying to wave to people, Chris. I don't know how this works, but anyways. <laughs> so, <coughs> so I wanted to talk to you about, um, uh, about comedy, about being in quarantine. You like the three Cs, calling comedians yeah. in quarantine? Yeah, just yeah.
1: Uh, like comedians. You know, that other show that, that we're not going to label –
0: yeah no we can't we can't talk about that one but yeah. um, but clearly like like it's not it's not even creative it's just that, that's just three C's um, yeah. this one had this one had a little bit of a I thought a, yeah. a higher wit to it but anyway. So no
1: it's... I actually like the quarantine because it sounds more fun to say
0: hmm and that's what we need yeah fun this is a bad idea to drink this by the way I know you
1: you you were definitely ready for a question and then you just chose the drink you're like okay <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: mm. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: mm. yeah I think I'm that's understand. like rule
1: number one of interviewing somebody you don't take a drink before you ask all right
0: here here's the thing though what i love about this show there's no rules the literal, yeah. i mean i'm in my living room chris there is zero rules i'm not even wearing socks like like there is zero <laughs> like there's there no there's no rules to this other than to just enjoy ourselves and have a good time and show people a little background you know yeah. they're, like they're in your living is that your living room or what is that um,
1: this is some other person's living room. I kind of just broke in. I didn't know where to go. Uh, well, this. in the
0: qu- quarantine life, you can just—it's like looting is already beginning. I'm that's
1: that's what I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah, I already have places I'm I'm gonna loot. Now where? Uh, so where are you based?
1: Uh, where, so where are you? I'm based. Um, you're in Canada. I'm based just south of your town, um, Arizona, and uh-huh. um, so it's just south. It's, it's like know, east
0: east of Guelph.
1: Yeah, East of Guelph. Yes, exactly. I said that. Yeah. All right. I heard you say that on, the, on our tour together all the time. I was like, yep, East of Guelph.
0: Everything is yes. East of Guelph.
1: Yeah. And so uh, how you, um, uh, you just called out on your no wool socks, sir. My socks are always on my feet. I quarantine my feet constantly. Why are you not quarantining your feet?
0: Um Well, the reality is, as I mentioned last night i don 't even wear pants for these shows, so oh. the, the hoodie the hoodie just goes on simply to try to create some air of of me preparing for my day should- Should I be taking off my pants? Is that what i 'm supposed to if we want more viewers <laughs> <laughs> it 's up to you right now right now we have four so <laughs> let's let's, let's, let's up, well we 'll we'll get into double digits you know <laughs> so okay, so um today we had rain. I don't know if it rains where you are.
1: No, but it has but not not today.
0: No. Okay, so I was super excited. I posted a video of it on Instagram. Because like, I'm not I'm not like a doctor or a scientist or anything. But I'm like, pretty sure that the virus is done like rain just washes the germs away. That's so like, we're pretty much clean up here in Canada. Now hopefully you guys get some rain soon. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've had rain and, uh, and we've had just more sickness, I feel. So, uh, oh. cause you were, we're Arizona. So we're supposed to be a dry heat. And when you're in dry heat, a lot of sicknesses can't really exist here. Um, but during this whole sickness, it's been cloudy, which has never been cloudy here. And it's been rainy and cold. And today it hasn't rained, but it still remained cold, which usually, de- you know, I mean, I say cold, our cold is probably two different things,
0: but, so uh, so what you're saying is that when the rain came here and pretty much wiped our germs all clean, you, no. it brought then the rain clouds went down to you and brought the sickness. There you go. So Canada has actually caused your outbreak. I think so. Yeah.
1: And um had you guys have closed the border quicker, then you know, the rain wouldn't have moved down.
0: Right, yes. And I don't know how high how high we can close the borders. I don't know if I, we can close it up to up to cloud height? I, I think know. you
1: can, I think you can go all the way. It's a universal thing.
0: Okay, yeah. all right, fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's what I really wanted this show to be about. So, uh, <laughs> so that's what it, that sort of information is amazing. I wanna welcome everybody who's starting to pop in here. We're, we're, we're climbing up the viewership pretty quickly here. Um, my name's Timmy Boyle, that's Chris Wineland on the bottom, depending on which way you've got your phone base and uh you were on um calling comedians in quarantine we're both drinking um, i got a smoothie and you've got water
1: i i've got a smoothie <laughs> <laughs> we
0: i think you can just call anything in a cup smoothie i think that's yeah. pretty much that's pretty much it yeah. so as uh i want to talk to you about um about late night television because that's where where both of our our passions lie um, yeah but I do want to um, quickly follow up. Last night, I made a prediction. Somebody said that I looked like Kiefer Sutherland from the 24 TV show. Okay. And, um, and then said, basically, I could stop the virus. And so I did promise last night that 24 hours later, I would stop the virus. I'm going to admit, um, I napped a lot today. So I got kind of a bit behind. So okay. the virus isn't solved. The rain kind of came in to how to do that. But I am going to get on that, and so I just want to update everybody that I haven't forgotten that that's kind of what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Good. And while you're doing that, a lot of people say that I look like John Reap, who is a comedian that nobody knows of. And so um, for the next 24 hours, I as well will just do nothing, Um, or whatever I do, nobody will really know about. So I'm kind of doing the same thing.
0: Does does John Reap also say people say I remind him of uh, Chris Weinland, a comedian that no one knows about? Like, does that does it work both I, ways?
1: I hope so. I <laughs> okay. hope so. People have been tagging him in, um, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get all my fans to be angry at him for no reason. Nice. <laughs> this, um, this whole quarantine's really turning me
0: sour, man. It's turning me sour. I, I I hope it I hope it comes to an end soon. Like literally, that's what I'm down to. So I need it to go. <laughs> I need to go a little bit longer i don't know if you have
1: uh yeah am I'm, I'm not using toilet paper, but I am using the felt side of of nice containers now you know this this one has yeah. a pen I've used my wife's engagement ring case,
0: like just whatever we could use you know what else do you, what else do you need a pen case for right all right, so um, we'm going I want to talk to you first about your your show briefly and then talk a little bit about um. We're going to come back to your show after, but in between there, I want to sandwich in kind of this Letterman Leno late night TV show type of stuff. So tell us us, first of all, what what you're working on. What's your project right now?
1: So uh, my project right this moment, and I've been working on a lot of different projects. um, I've just been way too busy, uh, which is actually the only good side of this quarantine is that it helps me to catch up with all of my projects that I've been doing. So that's pretty nice. Um, But right now, uh, basically, we're relaunching the monologue show, season two. We've been on hiatus for a a long time. Um, And that's actually because we had a lot of production things that we were going to do. And uh, one of the things was we were going to have a live audience. And we've decided, well, you know what? Nobody's having a live audience. So I thought, well, this is a perfect time. And um, we haven't made an episode since, I want to say, like, July July. And so since then, um, we've grown a fan base, like a really big fan base. And uh, I say really big, uh, it's just growing. It's not that big. I mean, you know, we've grown extra 10 people or something. But
0: uh, <laughs> wait, so you've grown, you've grown your fan base by doing nothing.
1: That's Absolutely. awesome.
0: Like,
1: yeah, the, the show Huckabee, um, Huckabee uh, talked about the show on, on that show, talked about our show, which is insane. Um, yeah, we've gained fans on our Facebook page, the monologue show, and people have just started binge watching. We had 17 episodes, just started binge watching. And it's just me in my producer's kitchen with a uh, just like, honestly, it's not even a curtain. It looks like a curtain because we have beautiful video camera, Um, but it's actually a tablecloth we got at Walmart for three dollars. And um, and then I just tell I tell these monologue jokes. But like, there's no audience, so we do it YouTube splicing, and you just see me like come in all goofy and stuff, and um, people like it. And so now we're, uh, the reason we've been on hiatus is because people like it so much that uh, we've been working on like, I guess you could say deals, no contracts have made its way to my hands, but uh, there's been some serious Radio XM uh, things that people uh, want me to do uh, with the show. And so... Basically, I just put on pause to go. Okay, do we need to repurpose something? And now I'm just like, everybody's in quarantine. All bets are off. Let's just do the show. So we're doing it at least uh, as long as everybody's in quarantine. We're doing a whole season two. So I don't know if that's six weeks, ten weeks,
0: uh, one week. I have no idea. The show is just going to happen.
1: That's that's where
0: we're at. And it, so okay, so um, where can people find it right away? Like where was it? So just on Facebook.
1: Yeah, it's on Facebook and YouTube.
0: Uh, but we go live on Facebook. We're
1: going to be going live uh, on, and I'll make this announcement on my Instagram tomorrow morning. But we will officially get, So you're the, you're the exclusive. We're going uh, our Facebook live on the Monologue Show. Just type in the Monologue Show, and uh, it'll be Sunday at uh, Sunday night. Beautiful. <laughs> so we're trying to
0: figure out the time. Sunday All right. Night. So people don't want to miss that now. Um, <laughs> your love and my love for late night i mean obviously yeah. your love for late night carried you into that realm and your love for the monologue in particular yeah um, but we come down um, different streams for that and we had a conversation when you were up here on the circuit tour yeah because there are certain things that divide people there are cat people dog people batman superman um star wars star trek and then letterman leno like yes. there's you you cannot you can only be on one side or the other mostly with stuff like that. It's true. Or, it's, it's true. or this way in this particular thing, Letterman yeah. is up on top as he should be. And then I I, would w-
1: I wouldn't say that. I would say it'd be more like Leno way
0: here and then a okay, good Letterman well, maybe on the side. side. If you want to flip your phone upside down, feel free. But it doesn't change the actual reality. So. <laughs> So talk to me. Talk to me about what you love about Leno. What what made you fall in love with late night television, Or what made you, ultimately, create a show about monologues? Yeah,
1: that's that's a great question. So uh, Leno, for me, as a kid, like that's who I saw first, and I didn't grow up with Letterman. How when he was in late night with you know, or the late show late night with Letterman, and he was, um, you know, doing all this crazy, crazy, weird stuff, like uh, doing a fake Christmas special for an hour and a half on a fake family that was breaking up. I didn't grow up with that weird stuff. I when, by the time that I, I was exposed to late night at like, you know, 10 or 11, I had seen this crunchy Letterman. Um, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just explaining how I feel. Oh uh, I, I saw this crossy Letterman at Late Show with, with David Letterman. And he would just get up and like talk. And the audience would laugh about inside jokes that he said from 20 years ago that I had no idea what was happening. Yes. Now, so, so I say that to say, I understand the appeal of Letterman. But for me, at like 10 or 11 years old, I, I was just so in love with watching Jay Leno just come out and do 15 to 18 minutes of joke, 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 joke just things that were going on in the news. And they were just so fast paced, so clever. And the audience, you know, like he was getting applause all the time and I, I thought it was great because I, I didn't need to understand. I didn't need to watch the news. I didn't need to, um, like, it's, it's only been since I started uh, maybe stand-up, since I started writing for late-night shows when I was 18 is the first time I started to watch news on my own. But other than that, I would literally just go to, like, Leno, and he would just go this, this, and this and tell jokes. And so um, as time has gone on, we, all of the late-night hosts have really gone away from monologues of lasting, you know, 15, 18 minutes of just, like, here's the news, let's just make fun of it. And the darker news that there is, the more joke opportunities that, that there are to exist. And so right. for me, I just want to say, hey, there's a lot. And, you know, a lot of my friends, they don't watch the news at all. I, I'm still one of the few people amongst, like, my bubble of friends. And and so um, they've watched all the episodes of the monologue show, and they literally tell me, like, I go to you for the news. So I'm like, that's great. And that's my funny. news is just odd news. Like, it's really not even important. Um, one of the things <laughs> that we do with the the monologue show is – we stuck, this is my plug, <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just drinking. One of the things that we do on the monologue show is that we, we look at the things that the mainstream media is talking about too much, and then we ignore it. We just ignore it. So the, the one thing that season one we did not do when we advertised this is that we said, we're not gonna talk about the president because everybody was talking about Trump. We were right. the only late night show that we knew of that was just not talking about him. And so we were like, all right, forget it. Let's just, let's never talk about it. And it got to the point where I said one setup like midway through the season. And I just mentioned Trump. He wasn't even in the junk. I think it was like Trump's like enemy something and everybody was like, you said Trump. You're not supposed to say Trump. So now it's kind of a game. And um, this, when we come back this episode, we're gonna mention coronavirus because there's just so many ripe jokes. And then that'll be it. After this, I'm not gonna talk about coronavirus because uh, I think that'll just make it more of a fun challenge. To say, okay, we're all here in quarantine for something I'm not gonna talk about. Let's go from here. And then just well, do it. So this
0: this show um was designed to to never bring it up. And so um yeah. you brought you brought it up ten times there. And so that's disappointing. <laughs> oh your oh this show wasn't. Oh yeah, this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's okay. That's okay. So um see let, Leno to me, I never I, I, I could I think there's something dark within my soul that um, made me kind of go um you know like we're just talking real perspectives in terms of how we saw them I saw because yeah. I was in college I was in college when Letterman was at his peak and I was just like they they were diametrically opposed in a lot of the the things that they did yeah and i was I was drawn to the fact that letterman didn't seem to care about his guests um didn't seem to like 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 there was this super kind of like I don't even care if I have a show, go ahead and fire yeah. me. And that showed up multiple times throughout his his run of of, yeah. of him almost going, Fire me. Like go go ahead. Yeah. And, and to me I was drawn into that kind of the sarcasm. And I, I give him I have I have about five comics from the past that um, I didn't ever really consciously thought it through, but I who I connect to certain areas of my own comedy that I do. And that's where I feel I draw a lot of that that sarcasm from. Um but one of my favorite moments with Letterman was um, actually on his last show. And it was actually also one of my favorite family moments because when Letterman went off the air, to me, like I've seen, I, I, I have him legitimately as number one, right? That's where I yeah. have him. And when he went off the air, I, I made my kids, my, my middle daughter and my, my son, sit down and watch that show. And I was like, guys, like, like you're never gonna see somebody like this again right yeah. and a lot of guys have tried to do it and, and stuff but and so we sat down and i have this photo and i'll probably post it on my instagram page of my my daughter and my son and myself in front of the tv as letterman is signing off and it was just one of those like amazing family moments to say kids like look and they never really watched it But I was like this. This every once in a while, there's one of those people, and I'm sure you know. You know, you would probably see Leno is the same. I mean, these are these are guys for for however many years ran late night television, yeah, um, like decades, and both iconic.
1: Yeah. Well, and you you know what's kind of interesting is that most late night hosts now emulate. They try their best to emulate Letterman. Like, pretty much everybody will tell you they were influenced by David Letterman. Um, or Johnny Carson, but nobody really remembers Johnny Carson in our in my generation and under. So um, a lot, you know, Jimmy Kimmel loved Letterman still to this day. Conan O'Brien loved Letterman, um, you know, and all all these late night hosts. And there's not many that have had the guts to tell the truth that Leno is just the greatest late night host to ever exist. I'm sorry. They, okay, here's the thing. Leno right. called himself the McDonald's of late night hosts, okay? And I know that that could, that could be construed as a negative thing. But you and me, we still go to McDonald's. I love I McDonald's. Had, I haven't had McDonald's for like a year. I'm praying for you on that one. But for me, <laughs> I love McDonald's. Because you, you know what to get when you're there. You, you're, you're not going to be confused. McDonald's never looks at you and is like, we don't care if you exist. McDonald's is like, get in here. Come on, we'll give you all the fat. We'll give you whatever need, you need. And that's what Jay Leno did. Is like, Mm. he would just, he'd be there, give you all the jokes, make you laugh. He, you know, he was a bit of an attention seeker. He loved to make people laugh. David Letterman, back when they were friends, Jay Leno would come over just to try to make Letterman laugh. He he changed up his language a little bit. He would use funny words because he knew that Letterman loved like long language and words and everything like that. Mm. And, um, you know, and I also love the pace of, I, I enjoy Letterman now, uh, but I really like the pace of Leno compared to Letterman. But that's just that's just how I kind of grew up. Because Letterman's a little slower, but you know, once again, he has that confidence behind him of like, go ahead, try to cancel me.
0: Well, Letterman didn't. Um, he's one of those guys that he didn't fear silence. I thought like it was something that I really respect. Like he he would if a joke did not go well, he didn't feel the need to jump on it with another joke. Um, yeah. He also. Um, he also did this thing, which I thought was, was so impressive to me Watch growing up and you never knew, but he would, he would do a callback and then he would do another callback and then you do another callback. And at some point during the show, you just realized he hasn't done another one. And, and I realized it was, but you didn't, you didn't know it was the last one when he did it. And it was almost like he knew internally, that's the last time I can bring it up. But it felt like at first he was just milking, milking, milking. And then you realize that the show was ending. you're like, oh wait, he, he completely left that topic. And yeah. there was this internal thing of like, I will run this into the ground and I will pull out just before everybody goes, yeah. that's ring.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, that's one of the things that I actually appreciate about your standup. And when we were touring together, we both started to talk and I, I could, I think we both kind of could tell that it's like, I was more of a Leno and you were more Letterman, just even by the way um, that we kind of choose to do our standup because one of the things that I love about watching you is that you get up on stage and it's like, you just, let's talk. Let's, I don't know. Like you, you're almost a bit of a firecracker in the sense that I never knew what to expect when you would get up on stage, but I knew I wanted to see it. I knew every time I'm like, all right, do it. Let's see, What is this guy going to do? Whereas me, like, you know, I'm in the back and I'm like rehearsing the same show that I did that whole tour. <laughs> right, like, yeah, why yeah. am I still running the same jokes? But, for me, I wanted that pace, and I wanted it just go, 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 go and uh, but I, you brought something out in me because I think even towards the end, like uh, somebody had driven two hours i think uh yeah, two hours to come see me. it was for his birthday, and it drove up three or four hours actually, and uh, and I was inspired by all the craziness that you had done that tour, and so I just I went. Whenever right before I got up on stage and I knew this this guy, his wife took him to see me for his birthday, which was such an honor. I went and found a vacuum cleaner in the church and brought it to him. I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't like totally into the kind of style of comedy that you were doing. I that that just isn't necessarily me. But I mean he loved it and I was like, Yeah, like walk out with it. And so, you know, I was totally influenced by by a couple of the things that you did on that tour, which cracked me up. And then you came back on. And, and you gave him other stuff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I remember that. That was an awesome moment. But I think that's why, I mean, because you nailed it on that tour. We have people that still ask when you're coming back. And so we definitely want to make that happen at some point. But that, that's what, that's what I love about comedy. I actually don't like performing with, not that I'm not going to, not that I'm going to say no to guys that perform like me, but. When we did a show, even though, you know, I'm not going to say we're Letterman and Leno, but right. when we did the show, you could see those two very, you know, you're very kind of, um, you know, huggy, embracing, funny stories, keep it light. And I'll and yeah. and I and i go in and and, and attack a, car, a member in the audience and they won't even know I'm attacking them. And, I and that's why that show with the, the tour with you, to me, is so exciting because... In essence, that that's kind of what was happening. You have these two people that were influenced by a very different late show host that mm. affected our onstage performances, and yet that's what makes. I mean, every hero needs an enemy, or, or like a villain, right? Yeah, yeah. Leno. Are you the Leno Joker made, right now? <laughs> I, I could be. Um, <laughs> the Leno Leno made Letterman better, and Letterman made Leno better, because they were both they were both going. They both wanted to win. Right. That late night, late night thing. And I think not that we were trying to compete against each other, but I really appreciated your style. So even though I'm a Letterman guy, uh, what I saw for the first time really was a Leno on stage because I've never seen Leno. Really. I I avoided his show. I didn't want to do them. So it was super cool um, to do that. So if we can get a chance to to bring those styles together again, I'd certainly be excited for that.
1: Absolutely, I would love to have you on um, the monologue show sometime. I, I have probably six weeks to, of existing, so
0: <laughs> well, we can do that. No, here's that we we're, we we want to get going because um, I want to keep uh, the kind of show. I'm kind of looking at that half hour um, window here, but I did want to oh. ask any. What's that? Oh, I didn't even know what time this was. Continue, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so like, uh, it's not like a hard and fast number, but uh, but Got I want to respect your time and stuff as well, yeah. but. Um, I did want to ask anybody who's on right now, give them a moment if they have a question at all. This is yeah. the opportunity to do that. Um, we are, we're only going to be a few more minutes. Uh, good cop, bad cop for, for CJ was saying there. I think it, it, it kind of plays that same sort of scenario. Um, it's, uh, there's two different sides to it.
1: Someone mentioned Steve Allen, which he's a great late night host, obviously, yeah. um, one of the founders. And Johnny Carson,
0: Johnny Carson, of course, was mentioned, which, of course, I mean, I don't know what Leno's background is, but I mean, I mean, Letterman, Letterman idolized uh, yeah, you know, Carson, Oh, watching Carson.
1: I, I have recently started binge watching Carson and um,
0: there's actually a podcast
1: from the Carson group now where they just play old episodes and you can get it anywhere, which is amazing. And you just listen to it. And one thing I did not realize about Carson, there are a lot of jokes that he would tell during his monologue that would not land. They would like fail, but
0: really? he was just so
1: confident. Yeah. He, there was just some charm to him. Like I'm listening and I'm like, I almost want to see him get through it. Yeah, like yeah. I've never seen a late night host do that. It was, it was, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see.
0: What's, um, uh, what's your view on late night now? Do you watch late night? I haven't watched late night just because I'm getting older and it's like, I, I, you know, I'm i going to bed at 11. Um, yeah.
1: Well, nowadays you can watch them at any time, you know? Well, that's true.
0: Um, but like, I, what, what's, your, what's your feelings on late night right now?
1: You know, I, I found myself uh, over the past couple of years kind of falling into that trap of saying what other people are saying of like, late night doesn't exist anymore, you know, it's totally different. And in a way, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, it's definitely changed and evolved a little bit. But um, all in all, it's like late night is supposed to be something that's constantly changing and evolving. I mean, when you look at what Steve Allen did compared to what Jack Parr did, um, both of those, you know, they both were creating their own rules. Then Johnny Carson came in and and when Ed McMahon uh, joined Johnny Carson right in the beginning, Ed McMahon goes, so what are we doing on the show? And Johnny Carson's like, I have no idea. That's the idea of late night is that you we have no idea. So, you know, when some people look at Stephen Colbert and go, "All he's doing is, you know, bashing politics, you know, bashing the president and stuff." Yeah. That's not late night. It's like, "Well, technically it is now." You know, I right. I, I may not want to watch it because of that, but there's still a lot of people that will watch him. And then there's a lot of other people, you know. The the thing that I don't like that late night has done is it's been too scripted lately. Have you noticed? Like over the years?
0: I haven't, yeah. I that just because I don't watch too much of it anymore.
1: Well, you you should watch some um, now. Uh, but Late Night has been so scripted lately. They'll, they'll try to make it seem like something is, um, and especially Fallon is actually kind of the worst of this. He'll try to make it seem like something is just like happening for the first time, but they've rehearsed it. And just when you're a performer, you know, you just know when it's fake. And there's been a lot of times where like all of a sudden he'll just Hey, do you want to do a dance? Okay, let's do a dance. And then music comes right on. Okay, that's rehearsed. Because it would have had to take a second to figure out what music to play. And, you know, so that's my only issue right now is that Johnny Carson used to be like, let's do it. And then they would just make stuff up. And, you know, the audience doesn't laugh. Like, they better. He he burned his script one time. That wasn't a rehearsed thing. That was a, (laughs) forget it. Let's burn the script. He and Ed McMahon both walked out of, just walked. Just walked away. I was like that's genius so that's one of the things that um i just i want to my dogs are crazy that's one of the things that i want to see back in late night yeah
0: the, the less scripting
1: the the less scripting. i mean i i believe in you know scripting is good but late night used to just be so i don't know random and un, and unpolished and i think that's the fun part of it
0: well i think that's what what, what letterman did with a lot of his um uh, I guess sketch stuff. I don't even know. I mean, I mean, what do you call crazy pet tricks? I mean, that's the yeah. But like, so there was large segments of his shows that everybody's like going, oh, I hadn't seen this before. And mm-hmm. within those sections, it almost became improv because you can't, you can't write what's gonna what the dog is going to do, what the bird is going to do, what the kind of like when Carson always had that guy from the zoo, um, and he'd bring out an animal. I can't remember that 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 guy always came out with that brown zoo outfit. Um, yeah, yeah, and he always brought an animal, and the animal always did something. And there'd be large segments where you knew the only thing on the the docket was this guy's gonna come out, or in Letterman's yeah. case, these guys are gonna come out with animals. The rest that rest of the ten minute, fifteen minute thing is all go with it, There's right? No that's way. Exactly why
1: I think that's why people loved the animal thing because it you, you can't script an animal. You can't tell the animal who oh, you have to do this and this exactly. You you can do your best, but. If it's an alligator, like that alligator is going to do whatever that alligator wants to do. And so you as a host have to
0: just be like, all right, let's do this. That's what I love about alligators, man. <laughs> alligators that's, specifically, I agree. That's what I love about alligators. Where, um, I know uh, Mary Jane has a couple times been asking and, uh, and I was going to do this anyways, but oh man, I shouldn't have had the smoothie. It's making me burp. Yeah. I'm breaking all, I'm breaking all the rules of interview, t- interview shows, whatever now, anyways. Where, where can you be found on social media? Let's get all that out now so people can, can hunt you down and, and uh, stalk you.
1: Yeah, so I am on every social media network at, at Chris Wineland Comedy. So that's going to be Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all of it. And it's Chris Wineland Comedy. So you just type that in. I, I put up uh, daily and weekly content, um, and they're all different. So you know the stuff I put up for Instagram is different than the stuff I put up for YouTube stuff. That I put up for tiktok stuff that i put up for facebook everything's different
0: beautiful i tried to do that i think i have the real timmy boyle on like four different platforms instagram yeah um but then it's like then i then i had to just become timmy boyle on uh are you wait you're you're not chris wyland comedy on, on linkedin are you
1: no i'm not uh but i don't really use
0: it i always forget to use oh. linkedin you should, you should use linkedin ah, that's what people say they're a, they're a sponsor of this show <laughs> are they know. what no. Yeah, um, LinkedIn sponsoring you, good for you. Are <laughs> you are you on MySpace? Is the question.
1: Um, uh, I am. Yes, I just got on MySpace. I'm trying to get hip with the world.
0: Oh, see, I, I I've been on it for a while, and it's pretty much okay. the only place I post. It's like it's, oh. it's yeah. It's you're, I'm glad that you're you're finally on air.
1: Yeah, I'm just discovering it. So, uh,
0: what is this last? What is this here, uh, Steve Forrest? Let's hear the best virus joke, boys. The best. Virus, he's, wait, he wants oh, like see- the
1: virus joke?
0: Yeah, so, so what do you got, do you have a virus joke? Well, you
1: know what, I'm actually working on my script for um, this weekend's The Monologue Show. Let me see what I got up here.
0: Oh, you're gonna go to your script, I see,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, these haven't <laughs> been tested, there is no audience, so good luck <coughs> to all of us. Um, well, <laughs> uh, okay, here's the thing, all schools have been canceled uh however some schools are providing classes online yay said homeschoolers so because they're homeschoolers get that um here's another one you're gonna love this one especially you timmy i don't know why as you know covid19 can spread from a young person to an old person making this the first time a boy scout can get a badge for not walking an old lady across the street
0: Get a badge (laughs) for it yeah no i like that you're right that's a joke i enjoy
1: yeah. Yeah. I had a feeling you would, but I was stuck. <laughs> I, okay. I promise the jokes are going to be so much funnier when you watch them. <laughs>
0: see, it's funny because, see, you, you, so you're going, cause again, this, this is just stylistically and I love it. So you're going through yeah. and you've written these jokes. I mean, yeah. I can't remember the last time people ask me like stuff like, you know, like, you know, do you carry around a book with you? Like, you know, like like write down stuff. And you're you're a writer. Like I'm a writer too. Like I love the written word and I and I mm-hmm. and I take my I take the craft of, of how to say things very seriously. But when, when he says, you know, tell tell a virus joke, you you go to these jokes you've written, and in my head I'm like, I don't know if I have a virus joke. <laughs> I mean I've been, I've been joking about the virus. For, yeah, you know, for days with my with yeah. zombie jokes and pictures online and little memes that I'm creating. Um and and I realized I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like but that that's how I go to the stage a lot too. It's like I don't tell a joke per se as much as I joke about something. Yeah. And yeah. again, stylistically, and neither is is right or wrong. Like I said, I think it's what what complements the two of us is I just thought about that. You you went to these jokes that you've sat down and you've written And I'm going, I don't have a virus joke. All I know is that I've been, I could, I could joke about the virus constantly, but I don't have anything in a joke form.
1: Well, you know what? Those two jokes, like, yeah, you could say I wrote them, but like I spent maybe two minutes on them, you know? (laughs) I was was just walking the dogs and I was like, all right, let's try it, you know? But that's a writer. You're a good writer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) oh, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things that I do, thankfully I have a a really great um, team family my wife is also a comedy writer and she's just 10 times funnier than me so i'll sit down before we film these and i'll read these jokes off and a you know and i also have a couple writers that help write the show as well and so we'll go through and there will be just like i'll hear one somebody from my team just be like nah and uh i'll go all right cool i'll cut it out you know those ones usually are not my jokes anyway so i'm like yeah forget it forget those Mine are the genius ones, you know.
0: <laughs> what um, I I do want to acknowledge, though, the the one the video you posted today oh. of you and your wife going shopping, yes, and, and you talk about the, the one ply. That line is an amazing line, and, and think for you. those of you, you got to go to Chris Wineland comedy on Instagram and watch that video. And when you talk about the one, there's only one ply, babe. Um, that uh, that's amazing. That's that's good. That's mm. quite-
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: Yeah, uh, I
1: appreciate. I appreciate that. That was that was fun. I mean, um, I love doing skits with uh, with Micah. Uh, she is just that's my wife. She's just uh, she's so funny, and you know, we automatically have this chemistry, so um, we're able to just kind of do these skits. We just went to Walmart and started improvising, and uh, afterwards, I was like, "Oh, I, li- I like this," and so we just kind of spliced some things together and um, made a skit out of it.
0: That's amazing, man. Well, it has been uh, it has been fun having you here, and uh, I I gotta go because I gotta uh, I gotta go to sleep. Um, this, yeah, this is already taken. off. go, put pants on,
1: sir. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> why? The
0: point people say that all the time. It's like, why? Where am I going? I'm not going anywhere for like a long time. Like, what? What do I need the pants for? I'm actually pantless. Yeah. You know, if, if you have a religious background at all, um, my thing is my my worst. Condemnation against the Adam and Eve experience was yeah. you know not the separation from heaven and all that stuff or the paradise. it was all the fact that that they had to wear pants from that point on, and it was like, guys, like you literally killed it for the rest of us. I could have been wandering around with no pants, you know with no shame, and now yeah. I have to put pants on, but that's why this type of thing is great because i can I can do that I can't perform with no pants on stage. people frown upon it, yeah. and so' here. <laughs> But, yeah, well, that. or, or, or i make better it. money than or i make better money than i than i usually do but the reality <laughs> is is that doing a show like this i can just put on a hoodie and everything's good yeah true oh yeah. Well, look at that cj has already put your uh um your your link up there that's very nice so oh I mean, thank you cj i appreciate it i don't that. know if, i don't know if links work like that but um, so anyways, it was a pleasure having you, man. It was good to see you, and I hope we get to perform again. This, this was great, just to, to spend an episode talking about late night in general, yeah. and uh, super cool to see how it influenced your life, and uh, I look forward to performing again with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk. Maybe we can connect on the monologue show here coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's do that. Um, so uh, you guys have heard everything. It's just at Chris Wineland Comedy. You want to check that out. Uh, the monologue show is on Facebook and YouTube. You want to check that out. And um, you got one final words, my friend. What do you want to say?
1: Um, To Jason, I am in Arizona, yes. And everybody else, thank you so much. Watch, just watch my stuff and laugh. I appreciate it. you um, and well, Stay safe.
0: That's the end of the show. I stole that bell from my high school classroom. And uh, <laughs> so, so that that is our time, my friend.
1: Wow. I wish yeah. you would have told me that you had a bell. I could have found a bell, maybe. But I just have right. this. You this just have a that. pen.
0: <laughs> well, so. quite frankly, because um, I have this, I could have used that pen case, quite frankly. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, There's... Yeah. this is much better, trust me. There's... And it's washable. Just put it in the, just put it in the washer after.
0: <laughs> All right. See, that's why, that's why I should never talk after the bell, because now it starts to go downhill, right? Everybody just gets Yeah, off. we're here for at least
1: four more hours.
0: <laughs> once, once the bell goes, it's got to stop all right man you've been amazing thank you so much for coming on and uh joining us here on calling comedians in quarantine uh stay well uh say hi to micah for me and we'll talk soon
1: thanks for having me all
0: right buddy take care hey everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of calling comedians in quarantine please take a moment to like share subscribe and ring the little bell so you and your friends don't miss any of the laughs episodes will be uploaded here at timmy's shorts daily until i run out And be sure to check out the description below for links to connect with myself or my guests on social media, support us by buying merchandise, and also download the podcast version of this show. Until next time, remember, your brain, it's for thinking, not for eating. So just say no to zombies. My name's Timmy Boyle.